You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 187th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt, the Ed Head Allen in Minneapolis. What up, all you Eddie Vedder fans? <laughs> wow. Uh, this oh, wait, is... this is a Slow Ride Podcast. Oh, God, I do my Eddie Vedder podcast usually on Tuesdays, you guys, but uh, we're all Oh, Eddie all. Vedder? For some reason, I thought you said Eddie Van Halen is what I heard in my head, but I know that's not what you said. No, no, that's Thursdays. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this is Spencer in Boston. Guys, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Spencer, I'm just I'm just happy to hear your voice because I was worried that Vodders, who was in Boston just last week for the team mm-hmm. education first um unveiling with former Secretary of State John Kerry, did not um murder you. Uh I did not get murdered. Um I I you know, he was a little perturbed that we picked his uh new fuchsia and lime jerseys uh, low on the list but i was able yeah. to convince him that uh little guy you know uh, did enough for his brand that uh i mean i think know, i did more he, than enough i mean yeah i believe i was voted as the best picker of kits so. i don't know i don't know i, mean, I don't i, think I don't think that hacked. you I don't think that was the team that put you over the top. I think it was the <laughs> deep round find of team yellow lotto jumbo mm, with their solid. classic kit. Um, it made up for the education first travesty. The more I look at that <laughs> kit, the more I find it disgusting, oh. but a quick couple follow-ups last week. We we're talking about um, group set sponsors in the world tour. Let's just knock it out of the park. Shram is down to just one team. That is team Katusha. Campagnolo is on three teams. Yeah. We have, come back, um, kids. Come back, kids. Come yeah, back, kids. Right. We have Movistar, Team Red Lotto, uh, Lotto Sudal. And then we have um, uh, UAE Emirates, which we did predict was going to be on Campy because they do have Nabali who would ride nothing else. <laughs> so that is that is the big news. Um, two minor sponsorships in there, Rotor and FSA, are both on Shimano Mix teams with um, Dimension Data and... Uh, education first respectively so yeah what's um, up what's up with that rotor thing why can't they put the whole group on the bike what's going on with that my guess is it has to do with a lot of money but Um, they're this i thought they were well whatever i just call rotor and ask them now we don't have the we don't have the group sets of the (laughs) continental teams that obviously also play into this um the we do know that there is the one by setup on aqua blue which will definitely be one of the main talking points of the year when the continental yeah. teams are on the uh, circuit. Hey guys, yeah. speaking of continental teams, I was on a ride last week with a Postobon um <laughs> guy in a full Postobon replica kit. It was wow. pretty rad. Oh. That's super cool. So, that was yeah, very that cool. Was awesome. Do you so little guy, this yeah. is a pretty far fall for SRAM, who when they came out with their road group years ago, I mean, they were on what, three or four or five teams? And teams, pushed Campy they? into uh, third place on the rankings. Campy seems to have added a team this year, maybe. Um, Shimano, obviously, still the Kings, but uh, man, Shram, only on one team and not even like 
like Katusha, you know, like that. <laughs> hey, but, wow. but Katusha's making the big push, man. They got Haas on their team. He speaks English. Mm-hmm. Well, they got Boswell too, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. They got two English speakers. Now, they're making a huge yeah. push, and they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, there is so much to talk about on all this. We we talk so much about Pro Tour, and obviously, it's going to come up throughout the year. I just want to interject one thing: is that the Movistar kit? The more and more I see it, that blue pops, and it's completely different than the Astana um, kit. Like, like, like there's <laughs> well, a big difference uh, here. Yeah. And the Movistar, the more I'm seeing it, and they just came out with a physique sponsorship yeah. where now they're all in physique shoes and saddles. And most, most of the time, a lot of individual riders have their own shoe sponsorships, as we know mm-hmm. with like Adam Hansen and, you know, his, uh, his shoe line. Sure. Yeah. But you get, um, that physique shoe with the Movistar faded blue, like they've kind of created their own little um, identity with that blue. I, I, I'm, I'm into it. So I'm really into it. So what you're saying is uh, the Movistar money is flowing directly out of the Movistar coffers into <laughs> Tim Hayes's pockets. Because this sounds yes. like this sounds like some shilling for the who got to you, who got their hooks in you. This a lot is, of people uh, have the hooks in me. I'm just yeah. saying that it looks good. I'm so happy I took that with the first pick right. in the second round of our cycling draft. Uh, Let's, um, but Tim, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I I know you say that it looks better than the Astana kit. We just can't be 100 percent sure until a real human gets in the Astana kit. We've only seen that picture <laughs> of the dummy in it so far, and so I think until we see a human in it, I'm gonna withhold my That's judgment. Really unfair of That's you fair. to That's refer fair. to Vinokurov like that. Oh, burn. So, you know, and what are the, you know, a lot of our listeners are really into um, team bikes. Um, yeah. You know, in, in what's out there, uh, Bianchi comes back again to be the sponsor of Lotto Jumbo, right? Team Sky is on the Pinarello with their asymmetric chainstays that just look goofy to me and the crazy time trial bike that's just like, eh. Um, Giant is on Sunweb, obviously of Team Trek. UAE mm-hmm. on the Colnago, which is uh, great to see. Although I was hoping, uh, you know, that uh, Damiano Cunago's team would once again be the only Colnago sponsored squad um, Cunago, out there. Colnago probably sponsors all the second division Italian teams. We just don't actually see them often enough to know. <laughs> so Specialized um, is on two teams, and Canyon is on two teams. So those are your mm-hmm. two. Uh, those are those are who's winning the. Uh, you know, the quantity count on the bike front, Katusha, Movistar on Canyon, and then Quick Step and uh, Peter Sagan's Bora team on Specialized. And um, Tim, I, I know you got the list in front of you. I don't. Who is um, Trek Segafredo on? Trek. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. What about the Bahrain Merida team? Uh, they are on Special. Oh, sorry. They're on Merida. Sorry. Yeah, I, I got that mixed up. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird how that works. Okay. Let's get right into it. Reno Cyclocross Nationals is around the corner. It is here. People are stoked. The internet is a buzz. Highly recommend people go on Twitter, follow One Lap to Go Results, which is a great way to see the up to the moment results from Cyclocross Nationals. And then also USA Cycling has a live Twitter feed. I believe it's USA Cycling Live. Is the, you yeah. just Google that, and then it will um, come up with the live in race um, updates. Yeah, they've been putting up a lot of good stuff. They had some preview videos of uh, of the course that was pretty cool. Because I gotta be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of this course, so it was good to see. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, Crosshairs Radio, our friend Bill, uh, fellow Wide Angle Podium uh, podcast, Crosshairs Radio, on his uh, Twitter and Instagram account, he was showing some videos of some of the sections that he called that he dubbed almost the slow ride podcast um, 
off camber corner, right? Or, or ledge where Stephen Hyde ripped off his derailleur and we were there. It was my yeah. idea to put you there, Spencer. I saw the right. course and I said, Spencer, I am the director of this podcast. I need you there and I need you there now. And you uh-huh. hustled over and you got the video. So thank you for doing that. That's true. Um, and then all the national media outlets quickly scooped it up off our Instagram and put it on their own websites and didn't give us any money. Or any, well, it's not really the money. Because we it's, we obviously it's really the money we make <laughs> really we make thousands money. of dollars from our do- dozens of listeners. But the question <laughs> is, um, you know, Bill is pointing out where some of these uh, unique features are. What I want to point out from all of these videos and pictures is the scenic nature of this course. I was given a lot of crap about Reno being in Reno for the Bowling Hall of Fame for being the the location on the location shoot of the greatest bowling movie of all time, Kingpin. Yes. And I got to say. It's a it's a damn good looking course. I wish I was there to take it all in, and uh, I'm looking forward to the coverage oh. from uh, Crosshairs and uh, USA Cycling's uh, live account. I gotta say, if USA Cycling is hosting nationals in the scene of Kingpin, and the trophies for the national champions aren't little clear replica bowling balls with a rose inside, <laughs> that's that's a missed opportunity. Well, I so we yeah. do have. I mean, have a I'm not putting it past Derek Bouchard Hall has got some tricks up his sleeve, so I'm not saying it's not going to happen. That would be awesome. But if it and, doesn't, now let's be honest. If if Adam Meyerson wants to get that national title again, right, mm-hmm. and he wants to really make his statement in the in the dad field, he's been training a lot. He's been he was even on Zwift the other day. I think mm-hmm. this is Matt Meyerson's moment to when he unveils the tires of choice at the start line. He has them all zipped up and he does the Bill Murray where he unveils the ball, right? But instead it's his like special edition green tubular tires. And then everyone would be like, wow, Meyerson's bringing his A game, something like that. But here's the thing about the green tires, Tim. They're for the mud. Everybody Uh, knows green tires equal mud because green is grass and grass equals grip. So green tires are for mud. That's the equation. So... Let's get into – yeah, it is. But let's get into the actual racing. I think what yes. we need to hit is we need to hit Finally. the women's elite, men's elite. Um, we don't need to get into the individual junior fields unless something sticks out to you guys. But let's just go straight to the women's field yeah, because I mean, let's, wide-angle let's, podium sponsored rider Katie well, Compton at the top. I was going to say about back backing up just a second to the juniors and the U23s and all that. If people want actual in-depth analysis – the new episode of Crosshairs Radio dropped today, and you can go check that out yeah, and get yeah. actual opinions. So let's uh, let's jump right in. What were you saying, Tim? Uh, Katie Compton's going to take the win for her 14th year in a row, or is it 15th year in a row? I'm excited. 14. Katie Compton's coming into form. 14. She's going to have a national championship jersey to wear to the rest of the World Cup races and the World Championships, where I believe she will once again be on the podium, and I'm hoping that she will take the world title. Sounds Katie Compton with the win over... I'm going to say Ellen Noble and Caitlin Keogh. Those are my, uh, that's yeah. my podium. Um, what do you guys it's, have? I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to look past those three. Not that there aren't other fast women, but it's, I think it's going to be those three as well. But in, in what order? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like it's a total, it's a total toss up. Probably Katie uh. Compton first, but I just, I feel like it really could go a- any way. One little mistake. I feel like they're all pretty close. I, I, I don't feel yeah. confident. I feel very confident, and uh, I, I think Katie Compton is head and shoulders above uh, the competition, and I think she's going to run away with her 14th. Uh, Katie Keogh has been 
far and away the better of the two between her and Ellen Noble all year, except for lately. And I think Noble yeah. is going to take that second spot and relegate Keo to the third step, which unfortunately makes me agree with Tim with his predictions, yeah. um, which I'm a little worried. Now I'm worried about that. But the bigger question that I want to put to both of you guys is, do you think Katie is 14th national championship jersey? Do you think in the order of jersey rankings that that supersedes the wide angle podium jersey that she's going to have? Barely. Tough question. Just, yeah. I'm going to say just barely. It depends on how well it's designed. Yeah. If it's, mm. you know, because here's the thing. That wide angle podium kit that she's going to be receiving because she's a sponsored rider of the network. Um, yep. If if her kit looks anything like the Tyler Hamilton Rock Racing National <laughs> Championship, or and I waited for you to take a sip of that coffee, Spencer, to say yeah, that. or um, if it looks anything like the Levi Leipheimer Astana mm-hmm. jersey, then mm-hmm. she absolutely needs to be wearing the wide angle podium kit at all times. Now, if it looks like um, you know any other jer- like national championship jersey, like something from the Lotto Lotto Domus, uh, Fred Fast Freddie Rodriguez uh, time mm, period, yeah. that that could be uh, you know good looking jersey. Okay, all right. Um, and we'll get to we'll get to national team jerseys in a bit because we got to talk about the travesty that's happening over at Emirates. But uh, so guys, <laughs> yes, I just want to put issues. this out there. Uh, this is a slow ride podcast guarantee. In 16th place in the women's professional race uh, will oh. be will be Teal Stetson Lee. The reason why she's interesting, like a part time promoter of this event. She's been out there. She's a Reno resident, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and just like our friend uh, Hollywood Henderson, she's sponsored uh-huh. by. Um, like marijuana company or something like right like at she's, like she's, she's like on straight blazing 420 hitting it hard yeah yeah she's fucking bringing it home in 16th place that's that's yeah. pretty good prediction all right so um, we're just gonna put that out there she's gonna be I'll, 420 I'll, 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 all the way it's gonna be great because because 20 minus four equals 16 <laughs> <laughs> that's right Wow, we're really doing the maths tonight. Yeah. Right, let's get right into the uh, the men's elite Pro One Two race. And again, if you want in depth coverage, go to Crosshairs Radio for more of that. But once again, Stephen Hyde is the favorite heading into the race. Looking at the cross results standings, followed by Torben Tobin Ortenblad, Kerry Werner, Curtis White, and Jeremy Driscoll. Or sorry, mm. and then Anthony yeah. Clark predicted Jeremy in Driscoll. sixth. So, question is: deep down in the rankings. Is one Jeremy Powers predicted mm. to finish in seventeenth place on the cross results uh, race predictor? A little bit too low, gentlemen. Will Jeremy Powers be on the podium at Cyclocross Nationals this year? Well, it's the same question every year. Is it going to rain? Because if it's dry, yeah. If it's not dry, you know, who knows? Hmm. I think he'll be seventeenth place. I th- I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna get no, no with him being on the podium, regardless of weather. Top five, uh, maybe, probably not. Okay. Uh, next question: Will Bjorn Sealander be in the top five of nationals, or gentlemen, is he gonna be racing for 16th place? I think he's gonna be racing for like five through ten. That's my prediction. All right. Well, we want to yeah. see uh, Bjorn Sealander do quite well. So, do you guys want to predict your podium first, or do you want me to come up with the super rookie guaranteed podium of the men's elite race at Cyclocross Nationals? Uh, you can go first. All right. Winning, Tobin Ortenblad. 
He's going to crush it. I'm going to go a little bit out. Tobin is going to take the win, followed by Stephen Hyde. And in third place will be uh, Justin Lindeen. There you go. That is your Mm. podium. It's going to be a... uh, a, a shocking podium. Uh, Spencer, I see you writing this yeah. down just so we can go back and uh, relive this. Tobin Ortenblad in first, Stephen Hyde in second, and then Justin Lindeen will round out your podium for the men's race. What do you guys have? No, I, was, I was just drawing um, little, uh, I, little poop I, emojis. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a little flip of that. I think we'll have Hyde uh, taking the win, Ortenblad second, and uh, Kerry Warner, I think, could be in third. Hmm. I think you're onto something, but uh, my my prediction, uh, based on nothing but my dedicated research I've been doing all year, is uh, is mm-hmm. uh, I guess we're going um, with Hyde for the win. I'm going to go with Kerry Warner in second place, strong second, and I'm going to go with Jamie Driscoll, the dangler, in third. But just he, he's just not over. comfortable. He wants just, to be fifth. I know, I know. <laughs> But he'll be just over Ordenblad in uh, in fourth, um, probably with Hyde or or not Hyde uh, Powers or um, maybe Anthony Clark in in fifth there. So I, you know what I guess I want though is I want Page to win. I don't even know if he's doing <sighs> it, but I'm assuming he's doing it. It's um, his last, yeah, it's his last race. So well, I hope he wins, and then he's like, eh, one wait, more his year? last race ever. Yeah, I think he's like what he says. Like yeah. he's not going to do math. Yeah, but Adam Meyerson also retired, and he's riding more now than he did when he was a pro. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he'll still be out there, but you know, he's retiring as a pro. Well, it would be great to see a, um, a strong result from uh, Jonathan Page. Maybe a 16th place for Jonathan Page to go out in style, um, go out That'd on be his good. back. That uh, would be pretty awesome. Hey, uh, real quick, little guy, Nick Carter. Is he going to repeat for the men's uh, junior 15-16 out of Minnesota racer? Is he's, he probably beat, he's, he's probably beaten you four or five times this year. Oh, pr- probably more than that. He probably beat me every time we lined up. Um, yeah, I think so. He's Fastest fast. guy in Minnesota on crossbow? Uh, no. Well, yeah, right? He got he, he was behind Bjorn at States. So, so he yeah, won States as a 16-year-old? I think so. Man, I don't remember. Okay. I, was I, was far, I was too far back. Right. No, he's he's he was fast last year and he is he is much faster this year. Like he's definitely you know, he's at that age when training more and just you're getting puberty and like every race you show up a week later and you're like, "Are you taller?" <laughs> so enjoy it now before uh the 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 Jordan Cullen drinking uh Miller Lights on the porch in uh Fort Myers, Florida starts to uh <laughs> To take take it all away. Is that right, Jordan? All right. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add for uh cross uh, for Tim, cross nationals? You should watch. You know, you're going to be up here this summer, and uh, <laughs> Jordan still really really fast. I'm going to really, bring my really, out of town really form. fast. You, you guys yeah, are well, not going to know what hits you. So I'm not doing a crit. I'm just doing group rides. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right, Jordan. Well, come on out. Come ride with us. Put the hurt on Timmy. <laughs> we'll see if he can keep up. All right. And with that, uh, let's get right into the next uh, thing that we do need to hit. Um, We'd mentioned it before. National championship jerseys. Real guys, yeah. this travesty of an Italian national championship <laughs> kit for UAE Emirates yeah. is embarrassing. Um, so is for anyone Irish that wants one. to know what it looks like, it looks just like the UAE Emirates kit. Exactly. Like I did with a little Iranian flag on it. <laughs> What's your so little guy, what what do you mean the um the Irish national? Kit. Well, because Dan Martin's national too, isn't he? He's got the colors on his belly. 
the stars yeah. and stripes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I sorry, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't holding there. to our stupid joke forever. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that bit's been going on for a while. So he has a national. Cha- he's the Irish national champion, and then. I guess so. He's got wow. the colors on his belly. So, I assume that's what it means when the UAA kid has colors on its belly. <laughs> so there's this big uh, hubbub about the Aru jersey being offensive, basically, to all the Italians because the flag was too small. And UAE came out with the replacement kit like two days later, like so fast. So fast. It was very suspicious. And it's like, it's better, but it's still not good. No. Um, well, so... I was thinking about this. I feel like the only country that consistently does it right is France. That's true. And and, and, not- I, and oh, I was telling you the weekend, Spencer, is like turned on the cross race last weekend. And mm-hmm. I was like, who's that guy in second? And I couldn't remember who was the French national champion, but I knew it was the French national champion because they yes. don't mess around. You can spot that thing from a mile away. You know it's France. And those, it's red, white, and blue. I mean- Half the countries in the world are red, white, and blue, but you still can tell that's a French rider. Yep. You know, I would, I would, uh, I would throw out that Belgium also does a very yeah, good job that's with it. True. Um, uh, obviously, but uh, those two stick to the tradition and and like nobody else. Well, that's not true because the Icelandic <laughs> national champion, if we ever had our way, yeah, would have one hell of a kit with like a Viking face on it. Um, but Spencer. Didn't the United States Cycling Association, USA Cycling, didn't they change the rules now that like they have very strict interpretation of what the national championship kit? Um, I know yeah. that the yeah, you I, can no longer Ryan Tribone it. <laughs> yeah, and I well, I, I remember little guy. You're a big fan of a uh, multi-time Spanish national champion JJ Rojas um, and his yep, fifth place fan. finishes. You have your very own Movistar national championship <laughs> kit. I do. Of, it's uh, subtle. It's subtle. Spa- Span- and it's a very subtle look as well. It is well. very subtle. I would think that the Spanish national champion kit with that, like a, if it was a bold red with gold, yeah. could have a lot of pop. Um, would you remember when Valverde was? Does. Yeah, yeah, when Valverde's been, they do the whole bike and like every ounce. Yeah. And I, everything. I mean, the current, uh, I think, I don't know if it was U23 or if it was a time trial guy or somebody. Somebody's on Cofidis yeah. who was a Spanish national champion and they have full red and yellow so going on. is it just a it's french amazing. team thing that the french as because generally there's only one national champion on any french team and it's right. the one french national champion because they don't hire outside riders it seems right yeah but except chris horner <laughs> except chris horner but year. i was thinking like i was thinking maybe it's because uh french cycling is more insular so often the french national champion is on a french team whereas the well, Italian you know. cycling doesn't have any top teams currently. You yeah. know, they're actually Italian based or Italian sponsored. So the the sponsors aren't in such a hurry to throw the Italian jersey all over there, especially well, when it's another nation advertising them. Right. What I imagine happened is is the boss at Kofidis told his graphic designer, Oh, we have the Spanish national champion too. And the guy just designed a kit the same way you would design any other kit. Like, bam, there's the colors. Like, yeah. you know. Because all he's ever done is the French one, so. What do you think of the uh, national champion kit? Like, I think the American national champion kit can be really well done. With the the red and white kind of uh, um, lower uh, abdomen area, right? With the the blue uh, shoulders. As -hmm. an example, the Hincapie national champion for BMC with the big star that he had. I thought that looked pretty good. I mean, it's better than anything BMC's ever put together for a kit. Well, they've been, they've been. 
they've just obviously been drinking a little bit more every year <laughs> that they work on their kit. Um, yeah. Or they just they designed all their their fifteen years of kits on one night and and just progressively drank more as they did it, and they've just been throwing them out. But uh, do you guys think there should be some sort of like does the UC? I don't even know if the UCI has a rule about how much a team has to honor the jersey. Everybody seems to at least put something on there, but it feels like UAA should have to do more. Like it should, there should be a a, a minimum of of. Well, what's, what's crazy to me is like you were making the joke earlier about the UAE kit actually has a red and green and white flag on the, on the kit. Like, it's not even that different. Like, just make the whole kit, like, bang, big red, green, but you know, that, stripes. Wasn't that the issue with the Astana and the Kazakhstani national champion forever? Like, you could never tell when Kashikin was the, the national champion right, or Vinokorov because sure. you're yeah. like, oh, is that the Astana kit? Um, I, yeah. I think it needs to be bold and flamboyant. I'm a big fan of like, boom, that's the national champion because it's guaranteed coverage during the tour. Cause let's be honest, when the, yeah. when the camera's on the pack and you're looking up and all you see are blue teams or all you see are, uh, teams in yeah. black kit, you're like, Oh, ooh, look, there's the, uh, you know, Belgian national champion. Cause you can see the yellow and red, uh, midriffs. So it's a, yep. you know, it's an exciting thing, but, uh, well, especially I, if you had, I, I don't understand any team hiring a rider from, Belgium, Italy, um, France, Spain—like the big, the the biggest cycling countries that are the most cycling mad—and then not going crazy with that jersey. I can kind of understand, like, if you had the Estonian national champ on your team, you're like, really, how much extra airtime do I get from this? But if you, if you, but if you have the Italian national champion and you're going to send him to the Giro, I mean, do you want the camera on him constantly? Yeah, you know, like what. But maybe they assume that the camera is always going to be on him constantly because he's the Italian national champion at the Giro. But there's a lot of good national championship jerseys and a lot of good flags out there that I think could be really well done. I think a top-notch uh, Japanese national championship jersey would, you know, be awesome. Oh, yeah. um, and, and some of these other ones uh, out there, uh, uh, Chinese national championship jersey with the red and yellow and the stars, I think could uh, could look fantastic as well. Um one other uh, big road news, uh, little guy, you wanted to talk about it real quick, was just some of the feedback that uh, the Froome case is getting. Obviously, this is going to be in the news forever, but Matthew Vanderpool uh, interjected um, last week. And uh, what are you thinking? Well, I, I was just, it seemed like a lot of riders were coming out and not really mincing words and just saying, yeah, if he did it and he tested over the limit, no matter what, he should, get, he should take a ban. There wasn't as much... Um, just sort of dancing around the issue as there has seemed to be in the past. And I was kind of surprised by that. Um, so are you saying maybe a new generation coming through, or is this another version of a Muerta? Like you get caught, uh, you're all out on your own. Yeah, I don't know. I never know. Van, it was like, there's a thing from Vanderpool, a thing from Dennis uh, over at BMC. Even Port was, was not really going to great lengths to avoid the question. It was sort of just like, yeah, you know, if you went over the limit and, and, and that's what they ruled, then yeah, he'll have to take a ban and sort of, um, it was nice to see people at least just being like, "Well, if that's the rule, that's the rule," and not and not trying to make excuses or not just avoiding it. I guess I don't know what you guys thought. It seemed it seemed a little different attitude from people, you know. In this yeah, point. I guess I'm just not reading or listening to anything Richie Port says, other than if he's um no, just looking behind him, week. looking looking behind his back, waiting for TJ to just uh, return to his great form and take his rightful place at the lead of Team BMC. Um. Well, with that, 
road season definitely picking up and guys it is time to dig deep into the tour down under coverage right around mm-hmm. the corner yeah. um lots of things to discuss lots of All videos right. lots of uh team Let me get my information um oh, oh. let's talk a little oh, oh no oh. <laughs> cool. uh this is Stephen hyde with cannondale cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the slow ride podcast yeah yeah I guess it's Supreme Lap. Uh, they can come out of nowhere. So, who are we racing for this week, Spencer? Uh, this week we are racing. Well, we're racing for Wide Angle Podium, and all our listeners, as always, all our supporters. Uh, if you like the show, if you like the other shows, check out WideAnglePodium.com and uh, consider a donation. And um, or at least check out the website. Check out the other shows if you haven't uh, already given them a listen. There's some good stuff. Uh, we are paying some of this, uh, forward, like Tim mentioned earlier, where, uh, wide angle podium is a sponsor of, uh, Katie Compton going forward. So your, your future national champion, your future world champion, uh, you know, calling our shots right now, um, is, is in our wheelhouse. So that, that's something exciting. Uh, you may want to check out the site, uh, maybe pick yourself up a, a kit if you hadn't, um, at least download the app. You know, lots of good stuff there to check out. So we're uh, we're always riding for you guys. Now Katie Compton's riding for you guys. Uh, feel free to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Any other yeah. uh, big teams we're racing for this year, uh, Spencer? Brand new uh, wink, wink. Lovers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, we're also riding for Health IQ. Health IQ, as always, uh, they are a longtime sponsor of the show. Um, great sponsor to have, um, you know, them, you love them. We talk about them every week. Um, that's because they're great advocates of cycling and of the wide angle podium network. Uh, they advocate for a health conscious lifestyle. Uh, you can find more information on their life insurance at healthiq.com slash slow ride. Um, so if you're doing, uh, workouts, if you're riding your bike, uh, 50 miles in a week, say, if you're on Zwift uh, four times a week, you're definitely going to save some money with Health IQ, and you owe it to yourself to go check it out, healthiq.com slash slowride. You know what's crazy about that is my dad actually hit me up today. I was uh, working, and we got a text message, and it was a healthiq.com slash slowride quiz, and this one was entitled, How to Finish Your First Half Marathon. And I thought it was very well done um, that, <laughs> that he knows the travesty of my last half marathon and how tough it was for me, but... um. The quiz was there. Uh, it was a couple of good questions, but uh, it got me through. So yeah, go to healthiq.com slash slow ride. Save some money on your life insurance. It's uh, they, you know, they hook you up because you're a healthy individual. And, and you know, it's, it's support from folks like them that, that make it possible for us to support Katie Compton in her, uh, in her quest to a national championship and world championship potentially. So, um, you know, check it out. Uh, healthiq.com slash slow ride. Do us a favor. Oh, great. Any other uh, sponsors uh, on the podcast this week, Spencer? Uh, checking my notes here. Checking my notes. Uh, yeah, actually we do, Tim. We do. We have a brand new sponsor to the uh, Slow Ride Podcast show this week. Um, our fans, our listeners, our, our dozens of listeners are probably 
very familiar uh, with this brand because we talk about them pretty much all the time because they made our amazing wide angle podium kits. And of course, we are talking about Endura, Endura clothing. Have you heard of them, Tim? Yes, I have. And I know that you can save 20% by going to endurasport.com using the coupon code wideangle20 on their entire catalog. The catalog's huge. They've been around for a long, long time. Um, when I first uh, moved to Florida, people were like, hey, are you going to bring your Endura jacket with you? And I was like, no, I don't need a jacket. Well, it turns out it's raining and it was down to 35 degrees the other day. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness I had my Endura jacket with me to keep me num- nice, warm, and toasty when I was out there pre-riding the Doc Hollywood course. So, um, yeah, I know all about Endura. They not only sponsor the Movistar team, but the Movistar women's team. They also sponsor the Cervella Big Love women's team. That's two teams in the women's world tour that they sponsor. And they have Danny McCaskill, who's probably doing some crazy stuff. Never heard of him. Um, so I have a few different Endura pieces, but I'm going to say, I think I like I'm I'm torn between if I like my gloves or my booties the best because I back from the days of messengering in Minneapolis winters and maybe a little guy can speak to this a little more acutely since he's still doing it for some reason. Um, the search was always for the best gloves and the best booties for just brutal, terrible all day, wet, gross, cold weather. And for me, it it took me a long time, but the Enduro stuff, I think, performs better than anything else that I have tried. And I've tried it all. Tried it all? I, yeah, I've got a pair of uh, some Endura little neoprene gloves that are, are super good for for the winter in downtown. They're not for the most brutal days, but that medium winter, they're pretty awesome, I have to say. Right. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> the most brutal days that was all of last week for you but yes it was all last week stuff. i mean, I mean that uh, that was that was like where you just basically put like seven coveralls over yourself and just ride around in a bag but i was no. listening <laughs> to um honest honest bicycle program another wide angle podium uh network show a couple like one of their first episodes they were talking about um how uh, important their uh, Endura booties were. Like how that mm-hmm. was like their most important piece that they had was just the uh, the mountain overshoe because it's just rugged and built tough. So they're good. You go They're check fleecy. it out. I got a That's pair that. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a, t- they make a ton of booties. They make a ton of road. They do custom. Check it out. Endurasport.com. Use the coupon code wideangle20. Save 20% off. Um, they also have free shipping on their website if you order over 50 bucks. So uh, go take advantage wide angle or endurasport.com wide angle 20. All right, well let's uh, let's get back to the show. I'm Kerry Werner and you're listening to the Slow Rock podcast. Hey guys, we do not have any more reviews on iTunes, so uh, listeners, go ahead, go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, tell your friends. We love it when we get new listeners, but one thing we enjoy more than any is getting listener email. We got a slew of listener email um, over this past week, a lot of things to parse, a lot of things to discuss. Um, we will get right into it. Um, Gavin hits us up, and he says, gentlemen, what makes a fat bike a fat bike? I always thought it was tire width, but I've started to see normal-looking mountain bikes with three-inch tires. 
And then he gives a sweet example. And he's like, just so you know, is it just one of these things that you just know it when you see it? Or is the fat bike, uh, you know, trend becoming a little bit cloudy, a little, the line being blurred, gentlemen. Uh, mm. So we'd like to thank Gavin for uh, hitting us up with that question. What do you think, little guy? When's a fat bike a fat bike? Uh, I mean, anything over a 2.2, that's fat bike to me. <laughs> but there's all these weird, there's like the plus, I don't even understand. I don't understand mountain bikes. Why are you asking me? All I know is I have 2.2s. I can't get anything bigger in there. So anything above that, it's too much. <laughs> I, I would say, how about you, Spencer? When's a fat bike a fat bike? Hey, man, I'll tell you what. A fat bike is a lifestyle. A fat bike is <laughs> a, a, is a, it's a life choice that you have made. And any bike can be a fat bike if you just try hard enough and, you know, just, just live that fat bike lifestyle. Blaze it for 20. Yeah, like I saw a guy when I was out on a walk today with, with Eller, I saw a guy taking his uh, electric assist fat bike off um, the rack on the back of his Tesla. Uh, wow. This wasn't wow. a lifestyle <laughs> I want to live personally. That, that is an impressive different lifestyle. lifestyle. I, mean, I guess it's about- okay. So where was he going to ride this electric assist fat bike off of his Tesla? Was he getting on the uh, Midtown Greenway? I mean, no, is... I don't know. He was just getting off like in a neighborhood. So I assume he had just gotten home. This is from... the most like liberal Minneapolis uh, hipster kind of like, ooh, I'm not damaging the environment because I have a Tesla and I also have a fat bike so I can go crush the trails in the winter with my electric assist. Electric assist, baby. <laughs> wow. I, I would That's say a life. fat bike is a fat bike if it has um, those bar mitts things on it like if you have bar mitts attached to your bike then it's more than likely a fat bike um, uh, but they're all over the place in minneapolis tip tim you're you're too in the florida bubble and i'm sure spencer can attest to this considering that half mm-hmm. his city is underwater currently uh those bar mitts are becoming more and more popular i see them all over like bikes parked at the ids all day have bar mitts on them you know people are just using them to really? commute are they do they work I'm- I mean, I've never used them, but they're, I mean, they're usually just neoprene, so I don't know why they wouldn't work. They're no different than, I'm, I'm than a pair terribly, of gloves. terribly afraid of bar mates because what too. if I fall over while I'm, while I have my hands in these things and I can't brace myself your hands for out. impact? Yeah. You just smash you, your face. But you know what? Ground. I think it's the but new I, version of being clipped in for the first time. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, you have to pull out and then roll. I mean, you know, it's the thing about crashing, you know, you don't. The first response, right, is to put your hand down, which is never good. But I agree. Sure. I don't. I feel like you just land on your elbows and shatter your elbows. Yeah, that's my fear. Probably. Tim, Oof. wasn't there some other question we had uh, emailed in that had something to do with fat bikes, or am I mistaken? Yeah, no, 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 no. You're right. Johnny Morin uh, hits us up and uh, says, "Hey guys, what do you think will become an Olympic discipline first, cyclocross or fat biking?" Um, oh. Thanks. Johnny, and then he uh, writes from bikesfightcancer.org. So go check out bikesfightcancer.org to uh, learn a little bit more about his site. But guys, Johnny asks a good question here because obviously the way either cyclocross or fat biking gets into the Olympics would be a winter Olympic sport. If curling is allowed, and I'm a huge curling fan, as we've discussed many times before, it will be in the winter Olympics. What would be there first, cyclocross or fat biking? Uh, Spencer you want to take this I mean the answer is unfortunately very clear and very simple Uh, the the winter Olympics I mean the rules are that the sport has to be competed on ice or snow and I don't think cyclocross fits that 
category. Like it can be, but it's not required to be. And fat bike generally thought of as a snow bike, a snow race. So I, I think there's no way that fat biking doesn't beat cyclocross into the Olympics should either of them make the juncture. Is it a likelihood to happen though? Like I, I honestly think that there's a chance that the IOC and the um, UCI would be crazy enough to include this because you've got like BMX flatland now becoming an Olympic sport as it should. Um, You have BMX racing as an Olympic sport as it should. The winter Olympics obviously is hurting for sports. I mean, they're bringing in everything Mm -hmm. from the X X games except snowmobile racing practically at this point. Um, So at what point, does fat biking actually go and to take it to the next level? There was just a huge fat bike race in Minnesota this past weekend at the Loppet where they had like 50 people towing the start line and some top level uh, racers. Really? That, that happened this last weekend. Man, I'm yeah. out of the loop. <laughs> there was there a lot of drama about, you know, course markings and you know, all that. But the, the, the point of the matter is guys, I could actually see this happening. We would I joke think... about it like crazy, but fat yeah. bike radio would be the place to find out more. <laughs> so I, I think you're right, Tim. Like I think the IOC and the UCI would see this as an easy way to up the medal count, especially for the UCI. Like they want to have as many sports or as many medals possible, and there aren't any cycling ones available in the Winter Olympics. So that's that's the way in, right? Like much like snowboarding a few years ago, like or a few Olympic cycles ago. Um, you know, it gets introduced. It'll be kind of a novelty thing. Everybody be like, whoa, that's crazy. Look at these guys. Like, the appeal of fat bikes to the general populace is so much different than a regular bike. Like, if you see a roadie riding on the street, like, nobody really pays attention. But when a regular average Joe sees a fat bike riding down the street, they're like, whoa, look at that. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, hey, no. guy. And they wave in and, like, whatever. Yeah. I think it would have the same appeal to a worldwide audience. Do you think that they sit there and they go, wow, fat bike, totally cool. I want one on the back of my Tesla with an e-assist motor because that'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I think they do. Or they you think know, they, they want one and then when they, I mean, when, just when they see that there's an e-assist, I think most people are like, yeah. Would you guys, if fat biking became an Olympic sport, right? Let's say mm-hmm. it's going to, I mean, at this point mm-hmm. we're in 2018. So we're talking 2026, I believe would be the first time it would be allowed. Um, guys, I don't know about you, but wherever that winter Olympics is going to be, um, I'd be more than willing to go get our, you know, dust off our old press passes, see if we can get an IOC press pass and go be live on the ground coverage of the fat biking gold medal. Um, it would be amazing. Oh, I thought you were going to ask if we were going to start training, to try to make the national no, team. For no, we, we're only training a little bit, and that that's another email that we got about Schwamigan. Uh, mm. My uncle Ed hit me up about Schwamigan. He's like, I hope you guys are training because you're coming up in September for the biggest mountain bike race in the Midwest. We will be there. I'm stoked for it. It's going to be great. We're going to talk more and more about this as it comes up, but the two of you are going down at Schwamigan. <laughs> Uh, all right timmy make sure you get your race entries in because they're filling up fast i just looked the other day and uh rumor has it that they're already at like 70 percent capacity so uh yeah you want to race against the slow ride podcast at schwamigan get your registrations in (laughs) i've i've figured uh through twitter that the biggest roadblock for people and finding information about schwamigan is that they cannot spell it um and and i mean i sympathize because i can't spell it either 
But if you put in uh, check 40, C-H-E-Q 40, you will find it in the Google machine. Yes, you will. Uh, Google machine, you're amazing. Um, This comes to us from the great state of New York, Sir Gregor. It's a long email, but it talks a lot about NBC gold advertisements. And once again, they're cycling clips with dudes crashing all over the place. Um, you know, wants to know different crashes. I can't get into mm-hmm. the, the crashes cause I, I don't like the crash, uh, the crash crashes being used to sell the sport that NBC gold does all the time. But he does say, in case you couldn't tell, I'm not some super cool cycling fan like you guys. I'm just getting more, <laughs> getting into riding more. And I love watching exciting videos. Your podcast is pretty cool. Jersey tastes seem horrendous. But I'll assume I'm wrong on that point because I'm still because I still think cheap Amazon knockoff jer- jerseys are generally cool looking, and I will say I have fallen down this uh, path, Sir Gregor. I do have a Lamprey full kit that I got on Amazon. I think for like twenty nine ninety nine. Um, the pad the pad was uh, splitting. Um, I was only able to wear it once, and I actually washed it um, with some white towels that did not were no longer white towels anymore on that first wash. I just wasn't thinking. <laughs> And wow. lamprey being that pink and blue, the the towels are yeah they you know, <laughs> ooh, not so good, not so good anymore. Yeah, that's that's impressive, Tim. <laughs> Thanks for the email, uh, Sir Gregor. Uh, lots of stuff in here, and uh, with that, um, guys, I don't really have any more emails, but we'd like to get them. Slowridepodcast at gmail dot com. Bounce them over. Any type of questions, advice. If you have any hot rumors, let us know. We will make sure to address them. And. Um, with that, I think the only other thing we need to talk about, little guy, and Spencer, you can go ahead and just uh, log off because you don't want to talk about it. And that, of course, is uh, Ricardo Rico, <laughs> who made all types of news two weeks ago. Um, guys, we're not going to spend a lot of time, but Rico. Oh, uh, we can spend guy, an hour or two. Like, I think. pushing that troll button better than mm. ever. Rico comes in an interview and says, Professional troll. Professional troll. He says, I'm going to come back when I'm 43. I may not have a sponsor. I'll sponsor the team myself. Yeah, meanwhile, he owns, money. meanwhile, he owns an ice cream stand at like a, a tourist resort off the coast of Spain. Little guy, you emailed us to ask, what flavor ice cream would you want to order from uh, uh, Rico? And I thought long and hard about this. I, of course, would want a waffle cone of Rocky Road just mm. for the pun ability to say, well, that's a Rocky Road you just served up, Rico. That's good. I would get something red, you know, just on the off chance that I got a little faster. Cherry or <laughs> strawberry or something, you know, because he's not good with freezers. I mean, that's the craziest thing. This is a guy who in, who who somehow improperly stored his own blood in a freezer, now running a business that relies upon refrigeration uh, to not kill its clientele. Um, we, we almost uh, got to investigate the uh, the health the health food violations of this because uh, this is going to be a, a pretty hilarious uh, thing because you think that there is some lack of refrigeration in his ice cream stand. <laughs> and, like there may be some <laughs> salmonella that's happening. Um, oh man. I mean, I mean uh, just the fact that he owns a business where he has that much fridge space. I mean, I can only assume he's banking a lot of blood. He's got many years until he's going to come back. I mean, he obviously doesn't quite understand how blood doping works since he almost killed himself previously but, um which he now admits so i mean at least it's that's a it's amazing and spencer i gotta ask you a question when he was at his peak when ricardo rico was was getting me so excited in those races because we would all be watching them together mm-hmm. and rico was like popped and rico we all knew he was doping but for a reason 
I loved him, and the reason I loved him is because he would tell you when he was going to attack. He'd be like, I'm going to attack at kilometer 32, and I'm going to look in their faces when I attack. Such at any moment, Spencer, did you like Ricardo Rico? <laughs> no, there was no moment. I don't think I ever liked him, Tim. I just, I hate like him. He's such and a I, villain. He's the ultimate villain. That's, we need people still, like him. Take like, away the doping. We need people like him. That's that's my argument. I, I, I didn't like him before and then when he came back from his first ban oh, I was working for Ridley at the time and he signed to Vecon Soleil mm-hmm. who you may remember Road Ridley oh, yep. and I was kit. super super mad about that and then he got popped immediately so it was oh, fine it's like immediately along with like 10 other people on that team god they but, yeah uh, they really threw some money at some dopers that one year holy cow yeah so yeah, it was brutal. okay do you understand my point of view, though, that we need a villain like him in cycling? Because take away the doping, the master... I don't, tr- I don't understand your point, no. The I master don't. troll level, the master troll level of I don't Rico need that in this sport. Was, oh, we need oh, more of I'm it. I'm not Gosh. interested. Every team needs a villain. This is like, prof- we need professional wrestling. We need a bad guy. We need, a, we need no. to know who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. Rico is clearly the bad guy, <laughs> but every now and then you want the bad guy to win. It's like Tom and Jerry. No. Every now and then... You you want just, Tom to win, and then when Tom and Jerry both team up to take on the the evil dog, you're like, oh my god, they could be friends. It's great. Uh, it, it, just the fact that if you go you go back in the internet machine and you read some old Rico interviews, the amount of space he he <laughs> devoted in interviews when he was still racing to justifying and, and, and trying to make the reporters believe that his teammates liked him and that they really wanted to work for him told you all you needed to know about how much his teammates fucking hated that dude. Like, <laughs> all right. like even his own teams. Oh God. Well, I, at the I risk just can't of believe it. Totally losing Spencer. We'll have to do part two of a Ricardo Rico conversation next week on the slow ride podcast. Cause let's get to the more exciting news that we still have to discuss. There is a 1200, mi- 1200 kilometer 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 ride in Minnesota that race. One of our first interviews of the slow ride podcast Matt Roy signed mm-hmm. up for and yeah. didn't notify you, little guy, that he was going to be doing it. Well, and now it's false. So you can't even register for it. I mean, I mean, he did, I guess. He said, sent a message, said a thing on Twitter. But yeah, when I looked at it, since I'm, I'm not always looking at Twitter, I looked at it today. It's at full. There's a 47 rider waiting list. So I can't take you on, Matt. <laughs> I was going to totally destroy you. Not now. Um, is this one of those uh, races where it's uh, it's not really a race? It's like you got you got to be in a certain. It's a randonneur event. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 checkpoints. I guess I I only briefly looked at the website though. I'm so we're talking about this in the green room. And Spencer, you were saying too. Like, has this existed before? Like, this is such know. a yeah. separate world. In even if it's happening here, it's a, such a separate uh, exist world of cycling that's existing uh, alongside the world that we've existed in in cycling here in Minnesota. Like, I would never have known about this. I, I feel like so I'm glad he told me I'm, I'm super interested. It sounds crazy. Yeah. Now this, this happens in Florida, the randonneur events and Swift cycle was a host at one. It was like an 800 kilometer event and everyone came through in a set time. So the gentleman that was organizing the event knew that they had to, they had to show up between, you know, like there's a two hour window yeah. And the lead group was hustling. Now it was a mix of recumbents 
and full on TT go. bars and but they were all cruising at like a 22 mile an hour average in the full pace line to get in right when the checkpoint opened and then they continued on. I mean it 1200 kilometers in Minnesota is there even a is it a out and back? What kind of course are we talking about though? It's guy? 3 days, man. It goes I mean I briefly <laughs> looked at the course. So I looked at the website briefly. It's called the Cooley Challenge. Um it sounds like you when you sign up you get like hotel room. So it's like th- 3 days. So basically starts on Apple Valley, goes to Cannon Falls, goes to Red Wing, hops over into Wisconsin somewhere, uh in for the night. And then the next day you basically go down to like Viroqua, which is yeah. if anybody knows is you know not too far from like Madison basically. <laughs> and then um and and then jump back over to Minnesota and come up, but you know, and and like it says on this website, if people aren't familiar with the driftless region around the Mississippi, there it's tons of punchy climbs. It's constantly up down. Does it go through like yeah. Winona type area? Like some of those climbs, those bluffs. Yeah, are yeah, insane. it's it's all that bluff climb stuff, uh, especially on the Wisconsin side. It's um, a couple years ago, I went down to Viroqua with Caitlin for two nights, and she like went down there and she took a class at this place when we were down there, but I went out riding. I got crazy lost, but I got to say it was some of the best uh, road riding I've ever found. Um, It was just amazing. It was gorgeous. And it was so much climbing. And I ran into a little sign on the side of the road that was like maybe an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that just said Maple Grove bakery and had an arrow pointing up a road. And I was like, what the hell is that? And, and since I grew up in the suburb of Maple Grove, I was like, I'm going that way. I got to see what this is. I eventually get there and there's a there's a there's just a farm and there's a lot of Amish folk around there. There's this Amish family and they've got a bakery run out of their farm. And they've like a full spread bakery, like just in the middle of nowhere on this like great dirt road in the middle of nowhere. There's this amazing bakery with like 20 cent donuts all vegan i'm sure oh yeah totally at that point everything was vegan (laughs) trust me (laughs) i was super hungry and it was like i spent like two dollars and i bought like 15 donuts and was just like this is the greatest ride ever got a crazy sugar high and it's beautiful riding so anyway i hope this event goes past that because that's i want to go back and ride by that so much no so you can't get in to, to ride the event, but uh, would you uh, would you want to uh, drive the support car or something like that? Maybe. No, I want to kind of <laughs> I want to poach it. I totally want to poach it. So so here's the thing though. So I looked at the event. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, ah, it starts near me. I'd love to try that. I've never done one of those, and I'll probably get totally worked because I can't train yeah. that much. But it's not only is it too far for me to ride as as a a dad bod. But it is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, yeah. I know these events are probably mostly older fellas. I'm going to say older <laughs> gentlemen, well, probably 95% just, of it. Why don't you just get on that assumption wagon, little guy? Well, okay. Hmm. But prove me wrong, race. But not even spanning a weekend. Like, so people have to take, like, does. I just like, does people, everyone who does this not have a job? They're all retired. Obviously, they're struggling to fill out the field, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Yeah, obviously. I guess. I mean, I just couldn't. I was like, man, I'd even have to take off a whole week of work (laughs) to do an event in my, basically, that starts where I live. 
It's crazy. Okay, I, I think your bigger problem would be not starting with a 1200K. I think you'd want to start somewhere like 200K yeah. and work your way up from there. Well, so so that's basically what um, Caitlin said <laughs> when I told her yeah. about this event. Caitlin's smart. She's and a I smart was like, lady. this sounds really cool, right? And she's like, so how much would you be riding every day? And I was like, wait, a lot farther than I've ever ridden in a day. And she's like, maybe you should just do one of those days and see how that feels. <laughs> it's not going to feel good, little guy. Man, why it's is she so rational? <laughs> like that. Yeah, I know. She's uh, she's a weird one. Whereas I'm like, that's great. I've never ridden that now, far. It is, it what, is... You, what you can do to help out uh, Matt Roy, a good friend of the podcast, is maybe design a, a Minnesota cross state course for him to do while he's already out there. <coughs> see if he can get that record oh, going. Yeah, because yeah, he there's no record for here. That's true. I should actually just go out and set it, and then he can crush my time. And then it'll look even more impressive. Like if he, you know, I could do it east to west. That could only take me like a day and a half. And then, uh, and then um, he can just destroy I mean, it. Yeah. Like like two days after he does this 1200k ride and but then it looks way more impressive on the result sheet when there's two names as opposed to just one name it's like you've got the nice context of like wow this one mat did it you know seven hours faster than this other mat so did you i i think little guy you touched on it earlier it's so crazy to think of all these different events that we didn't even know existed and then this is a, a a ride that is completely filled up 1200 kilometers like there's enough yeah. yahoos to do it just so close to you well i, mean, I guess that's, that's so cool but, about cycling so i mean this yeah i was gonna say that's kind of like to our spencer you brought up a couple weeks ago like why do we love cycling like that's kind of there's always yeah. something new you know like when we started racing there weren't even like all the gravel races like there's so much like obviously tim you, you've been throwing the doc hollywood in florida for a few years and similar event in a way and not something that was happening when we were first it's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's similar in that it's a little bit um different but nowhere am i going to even say that the doc hollywood is as hard as riding 1200 kilometers in 3 days during the <laughs> middle of the week but well, your point is well taken the doc hollywood is a uh, and we'll talk more about it in the the weeks coming up to the event cuz it's been going on for 8 years now and i mean there's a, there's just so much to watch about in cycling and uh listen to and uh, we're excited to be a part of it, and I'm excited for the, um, the you know, the next year. What's coming up? Well, I'm just excited about your Doc Hollywood race because it's a perfect uh, chance for me to get some metric wrenches. With that, I want to thank all of our listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast, all of our supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, who are also sponsoring Katie Compton in her quest for 14th straight national championship. And I also want to thank our new sponsor, Endura. EnduraSport.com. Use coupon code WIDEANGLE20 to save 20% off. Check it out. We recommend the booties for the uh, the winter months that you've got right Toasty. now. No, Health- it's, it's it's wide angle 20 two zero, like 20 oh, yeah, and yeah, not yeah. spelled out 20, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. wide okay. angle 20. Th- thanks for clarifying. We also no, have right. um, healthiq.com slash slow ride to find out how to save money on your life insurance. And um, with that, we'd like to uh, make sure you're waving at all of your fellow cyclists that you see out there on the trail. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. It's Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast.